and welcome everybody again to Current. My name is David, lead pastor here. We're so glad you could join us and happy Mother's Day to you. To all the mothers and mother figures joining today, we're so excited that you could be here. We hope today is an extra special day for you, even in spite of shelter in place. And for those of you where Mother's Day perhaps is a little bit harder, brings with it some, some pain, just know that there's a special place in our heart for you, that we're thinking of you, praying for you, we love you, and we're here for you in any way that we can be. Uh, let me pray for us today, uh, for our mothers, and as we get into today's text. Uh, Father, thank you so much for our mothers. There aren't words to express how grateful we are for who they are and all that they do in our lives. Would you please bless them today, uh, making it an extra special, even in spite of shelter in place? And would you bless them in this year ahead with much love, peace, and joy? And Father, as we turn now to your word, would you please give us your spirit to open our minds and our hearts to what you have for us today? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today we're continuing our series, Rhythms for Life, as we explore spiritual practices that can help transform our lives. Because we're all cooped up right now. With shelter in place, we're all rethinking daily habits, looking for little anchors to help get us by. And while I think we think about these things practically, we can also think about these things spiritually. Thinking about spiritual practices with the hope of not only transforming our lives here and now, but going forward. And so, kicking off our series a few weeks back, we looked at the spiritual practices of prayer and solitude. Last week, we looked at the spiritual practice of Christian meditation. Today, we are considering the spiritual practice of gratitude. Because just like today, we recognize that we don't want to just be grateful for our moms or mother figures in our lives once per year. Uh, So on the whole, we recognize that we need to develop a heart and posture and life rhythm of gratitude. It's a practice. It's a discipline. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 15 and 17. Colossians 3, looking at verses 15 through 17. Paul, to the early church in Colossae, wrote these words, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Uh, We can see here quite easily that gratitude and being thankful is quite important to Paul because it's mentioned three times in three short verses. So we learn three things here today about gratitude. Uh, First, we learn that gratitude is a choice. Uh, Notice in verse 15 that Paul puts it quite plainly. He says, be thankful. Uh, That's not a suggestion. That's an exhortation. That's a command that we need to be thankful. Gratitude is something that we have to choose. It doesn't just naturally, in other words, come out of us. I mean, it's just like the parent with the child who gives their child that toy. And if that child doesn't say anything in response, what's the parent going to say? What do you say? And hopefully the words will come back, oh, oh, thank you. Uh, It's the same is true for adults. We have to learn to express gratitude. We have to learn to be thankful. Look, right now, there are any number of reasons for how we could have a lack of gratitude 
in our lives. I mean, with shelter in place, with all the things that normally are available at our fingertips that aren't, with the people that we love and care for uh, not so readily available to us, or we can only interact with them on Zoom, which has all its challenges and difficulties. That's not to mention anything about like the fears and anxieties uh, that, that are out there right now. A number of you are on the front lines facing coronavirus uh, very directly. I mean, there's any number of things that could lead to a lack of gratitude in our lives. Now, real quickly, that's not to say we just need to like take that stuff and pretend it doesn't exist. If you were here a couple weeks ago, you will know that we talked about how God shows us that it's not only okay to grieve, that he actually calls us to grieve. In fact, he wants us to bring the things that are hard in our lives, that, 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 that sadden us, that are heavy, that weigh heavily upon our hearts to him. No, that's not what we're saying today. What we're saying today is that while there are any number of reasons that even, even in spite of all that, we can have a lack of gratitude, there are any number of reasons more that we can have gratitude in our lives. But we have to choose to be grateful. Is gratitude something you regularly choose? Recently, I was reading a blog about uh, uh, interviewing a gal, an author, who's known for being a little bit of an expert in gratitude, a Christian author who wrote the book called uh, 1,000 Gifts. The the author's name is Anne Voskamp, if I'm pronouncing that right. She wrote a book called 1,000 Gifts, and she's known for being an expert on gratitude. But what I found really interesting in this interview is she was talking about how gratefulness was not always something that just came naturally to her. In fact, her upbringing led her to have quite the opposite of gratitude in her life. Uh, She was raised by a dad she described as very perfectionist. And so everything she did was never good enough for him. She was always pushed to work harder and, and do better. And she said the net result in that, to her words, was was to have an opposite effect of gratitude in her lives. And so she began to write about the things that she was trying to adjust in her own life, the deep work that she needed God God to do in her. And here's what she said. She said, gratitude isn't a one-time thing. It's a posture of life. It's a way to walk and live constantly. It's not something we check off our list and say, I've got that now under my belt and I'm done with that. It is a daily walking in gratefulness as the road changes ahead of you. Uh, Gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a life rhythm that we need to develop and cultivate. Paul said in very plain words, be thankful. You've got to choose to be grateful. It's a perspective shift. So what could this look like in your life? I've been talking with a number of you and hearing about how you've been processing spiritual practices. And a number of you are journalers. And so you're busting out journals that maybe you've, you've put away for, for uh, any period of time and bringing them back out. And a number of you are, were ta- have been saying that you're going to be journaling you know, prayer that you're going to take to the Lord or different things that you see in God's Word. You're going to journal those things. If you're a journal type person, you could, you could also include in there writing down two or three things you're grateful for. Maybe at the end of your day. Or maybe you're not into journaling. That's totally fine. Maybe at the end of your day, before you go to sleep, you just kind of stop and think, okay, what am I grateful for? What are two or three things that that I'm grateful for? And I would just encourage you, practically speaking, to think about this as specifically as you can. I mean, it's wonderful and nice to say, oh, thank you for a beautiful day. Thank you for, you know, life. Um, But if you can get more specific, I think it, it can be even richer for you. You can even find to uh, gratefulness in struggles, in hardship, if we just take the time to think about it and reflect that back to God. 
Uh, for those of you who are parents of young kids, uh, one of the things Cindy and I do is when we put them down, we'll read a Bible story, and then we'll pray with them before they go to sleep. And often, we'll before we pray, uh, ask them if there's anything that they're grateful for, one, to name one thing from the day that they're grateful for that they can include in their prayer. Or one more really cool idea, Nancy Ortberg, CEO of a ministry called Transforming the Bay with Christ, who actually preached at Current a little while back, said that she and her husband John each night will light a candle and uh, before and for just take, take a, a couple of minutes to kind of ref, reflect back on their day and share two or three things that they were grateful for that happened in that day. And then together they'll blow out the candle and then when that candle is blown, blown out, it signifies to them that the end of the workday is over for them. I thought that was really interesting, really thoughtful and creative. But the point is, how could you build gratitude as a life rhythm uh, into your life? Uh, one, we need to choose. Uh, gratitude is, is, a, is a choice. Number two, we see that gratitude is a ministry. That is, it's a spiritual work for Christians. Uh, it's a spiritual work that helps us serve, love, and care for others. Uh, Look again at verses 15 and 16. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. The context for these words is Paul is writing to the church in Colossae, and in the first half of the letter, he talks about Christ, who he is, and what he has done. And in the second part of the, of the letter here, which includes our text today, he's talking about the implications for Christians because of that. Because of what Christ has done, here is how Christians ought to live. And specifically here, he's talking about how Christians ought to love and care for one another in community. And you can see this start, starting back in verse 12 that continues into our text. He lists off a number of ways that Christians ought to love and care for one another and others still. You can look at the list, but here are a few. He says Christians ought to bear with one another. Christians need to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven them. They need to put on love, he says, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Then in verse 15, he continues to say, let the peace of Christ rule as members of one body. And then he says we need to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. So there's all these things that we ought to do. He's listing out. And in the midst of all of this, Paul inserts the thought and be thankful. And do this all with gratitude in our hearts. Verse 15, whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, that is, in, uh, in, as one who represents him, giving thanks. Here's a way I like to think of this. If, if the engine for the Christian to love and care for others is, 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 is all these things, forgiving, bearing with, um, putting on love, letting peace rule, then the oil or the lubricant to doing all these things is being grateful. It's so having a heart of gratitude. Think of it this way. I mean, it is really hard to love and care for others when we don't have a heart of gratitude. And it is all that much easier to love and care for others in, in these ways when our hearts are filled with gratitude. We can't neglect gratitude in our lives because if and when we do, we are less able to be there to love, care, and serve others. Gratitude is a ministry. 
I mean, moments ago I mentioned Nancy Ortberg and, and, her, and her husband John and how they will light a candle at the end of the day and just share two or three things they're, they're grateful for. I mean, you got to figure that that does wonders for them uh, individually, personally, as they just are, remind themselves of what, what they're grateful for, how it grounds them and grounds them in, in their relationship with God. But you also have to figure that as they do that, that also equips and empowers them to love each other all the more as they learn to develop and cultivate this practice of gratitude. Why? Well, because this, this leads us to the third thing we, we learn about gratitude, and that is gratitude is worship. So gratitude is a choice, gratitude is a ministry, and we see, lastly, that gratitude is worship. Notice over and over again in our text that Paul is clear that we're not just to be grateful in general, that this is not just some positive thinking you know, idea, just, just be grateful and it'll, it'll help you and it'll be, it'll be nice. It's, it's not a positive thinking. It, they're, they're actually, and it's not just being grateful in just some generic way. There's an object that we direct our gratitude towards, and that is, of course, God and His love for us. Verse 15 says, be thankful. Verse 16 says, with gratitude in your hearts toward God. And then verse 17 again says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. God is the object of our thanksgiving and our gratitude because He is ultimately the reason for our gratitude in all Circumstances, the reason we can be grateful in all circumstances. What's so amazing to me about what Paul is writing here is it's not just him saying, hey guys, you just need to figure this out. Go work this out. I know better. Just go do it. Um, here, here's a New York Times bestselling book on gratitude. and you know, Read these and, and it'll help you. Paul's writing from prison. As he wrote Colossians, he was writing from prison facing execution. And he's saying, you can be grateful. You can be thankful. Here's a guy actually literally practicing what he's preaching here. In fact, in that same imprisonment, imprisonment, that same time of imprisonment, he wrote another letter to another church in Philippi saying these words, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. You see, the reason Paul could teach gratitude from prison while facing execution, and the reason you and I can be thankful and have gratitude, even in the midst of something like COVID-19, or whatever life throws at us, is because of Christ. Uh, notice again where Paul writes this in verse 16. He says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. He's talking about the good news or the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is this gospel? If you've been with us in person when we've taken communion at Current, you know the words that we share every time we do so. And that is on the night he was portrayed, betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he took it and he broke it, and he took the cup. Jesus was grateful and gave thanks. But he was grateful not just for the food and drink. There's more going on there than the food or drink because the bread represents his body broken on the cross. 
and his and, and the drink represents his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> Thanks, gratitude on that night, he would be on the cross in just a few hours. Enemies literally in that moment were plotting his ruin, or so they thought. In a few moments' time, a very close friend was getting ready to leave the room in order to betray him. He was facing Gethsemane, he was facing Golgotha, but Jesus Christ gave thanks. Why? Because he trusted and had full confidence in the plan that his Father had for him and because of his love for you and for me. Jesus had gratitude filling his heart in the midst of facing something far greater than you or I could even imagine because of his love for you and for me. He went to the cross with thanksgiving because it knew, he knew that it would bring us back to him if we put our faith in him. In fact, if you're here today and you've never received the gospel, this is the one thing I would encourage you to hear. Everything else doesn't matter in compared to this. The gospel is that Jesus on the cross died for your sins and mine. That when we put our faith in him, he receives us back into relationship with him. He died on the cross for your sins and for mine to give us a restored relationship with God forevermore. And you can receive that today in your heart by saying, God, I receive what you did for me through sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. Uh, you can let us know in the connection card if you've already filled one out. Earlier today, you can fill another one out. Let us out. Uh, let us know, and we'd love to come alongside you in that, give you a gift, resource, resource you, and be a help to you in any way that we can. But what we see here is that gratitude is ultimately worship. Why? Because it is putting the object of our faith in front of us, and that is Jesus and who He is and what He's done for us. Uh, he is the reason we can be grateful. Uh, Romans eight thirty two says, "If God did not spare His own Son." but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? That's why Paul could face imprisonment and death uh, with thanksgiving in his heart because the Lord Jesus had faced death for him and for us with gratitude in his heart. Gratitude is worship. Uh, it's a way of us saying, yes, Lord, we know that this is hard, but we are so thankful and grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. That even if we face and are facing some really challenging and hard things, we know that you love us, you're with us, and you're for us. And you can help us love and care for others. Even as Paul did for the church in Colossae as he was facing hard things, encouraging them to be thankful. Uh, all of this begins and ends with gratitude. And the most wonderful thing to me in the midst of all this is this is all available to us at our fingertips. It is a choice. We can choose even today, even this week, to, to fill ourselves with gratitude. And when we do this, it will not only ground us in the Lord to face anything, it will also empower and enable us to love and care for others. So will you choose gratitude this week? And what can you do even this week to begin to develop and cultivate a life rhythm of gratitude? Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for the richness of your love, that you sent your Son to die for us, that we can have life in his name. Father, please forgive us for not being anywhere near as grateful as, as we ought to be. Uh, you provide and take care for us in ways far greater than we tend to 
to slow down and say thank you for. Father, would you please help each of us develop a life rhythm of gratitude, even, even beginning this week. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's continue worship at this time.